0: Yeah. But this draft in particular uh, there's there's elements to it where you're like, okay, well, maybe it is worth considering trading for a veteran with one of those mid round picks rather than drafting someone simply because they you know the, the way the draft's constructed, for instance, doing a mock draft, right. On, on the mm-hmm. mock draft simulators, and there's names where I watch them at the senior ball. I'm like, oh, that that guy's interesting. There's like a, you know, he looks like a kind of day three, uh, day two guy. You know, you go and look up, up his production in college, and, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, he's been all right. You know, he's he's also quite old. Yeah, you'd you, you'd like that as a say, like fourth, maybe late third, you know, fifth round pick, that sort of thing. And then you go on the mock draft simulators and he's getting taken 38 overall and you're like um so is that just an anomaly like is this draft yeah. simulator rating this guy super high because you know they just like him for some reason but then the the, the more you do them the more you realize actually that this is actually a common occurrence where there isn't as many players as I, I perhaps thought, it used to be that the senior, like the senior bowl, they might have like <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the percentages of how many of the top 100 players, for instance, are from the senior bowl, attended the senior bowl because I think it'll be a lot. Like and you, that didn't used to, you know, it's been up on the rise, but mm-hmm. I think with like uh, NIL, um the way that college football is changing. And also the COVID year, I think, is still relevant. I think that you've just got this pool of players where the, a lot of them are seniors. That there isn't as much of the like underclassman talent that you have. Like for instance, you know Jared Verse choosing to return. Um, yeah, it just feels like the draft drift is yeah is a not as not as loaded in the as you go on as you'd like right like
1: it's i mean the the second best interior pass rusher weighs 280 pounds like can you even of of this draft college yeah and i like him he's really intriguing but like when the second best interior pass rusher in the in the draft has a major question mark with can he even be played on early downs like the fact that you have to even ask the question is concerning of itself. now smart teams can figure it out but you don't want to have to figure anything out with the first round pick you want to airdrop him and say go play ball you know so it's it's just it's it's frustrating It, it really feels like um you know there are very few blue chips like true blue chips guys that you want to take top 15 outside of you know quarterback um like i didn't feel that way last year i'm not every position was super strong last year but like 2021 was a very strong draft also the year before um this uh this year kind of pales by comparison now there are still good players i think the strength of the class is probably in corner there's not a corner that's as good as stingley or gardner last year but like there's or anywhere close to like say certain or jc horn but there are still really good corners, and there's a lot of depth there. So, like that's that's cool. But like the tackles last year were better than this year. Well, Obviously, it, they don't need a tackle. But
0: well, yeah. So tight ends also really deep, isn't it? And tight ends are and deep. Rookie tight ends in past years, you know, drafting one, it's kind of an unknown as they transition to from like college to an NFL world. A lot of the times, they really need to adapt to blocking in line and blocking schemes of that nature. Mm-hmm. And often the guys who have blocked well in line have route running stuff they have to pick up. So it's often difficult. But this is supposed to be a deep tight end thing. But again, Seattle, okay, there's perhaps a subtle need at tight end now, but it wasn't the obvious need going into this draft. The problem really is that in this draft, Seattle, you know, if you look at their major needs, it was still outside linebacker, edge, pass rush. And that's a... That's a weak point of the draft, right? Um, right. And I then mean, what, go ahead. Well, and then wide receiver three, there is intriguing options, right? But th- but there's a there's a conversation to be had about. I think a lot of these guys who I'm seeing a higher. I'm um, sort of like the projection to the league. Like for instance, not to pick on someone, but like Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, he he, I've seen him go sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth. You know that kind of range overall. Yeah, the guy is coming from an offense where it just there's no translation really to the NFL. Like it shows off he's fast and can catch, but like yeah, um, route running wise, it's complete projection. And that's that's it's... an example of what we're talking about of how guys have bumped up more than than perhaps they would have been in past years, and how the projection element is more of a thing for a lot more of the prospects. There's no like sure certain uh, elements. There's a lot less certainty but right but like you know the, the fact that that is a thing means that again there's a conversation to be had about maybe making a trade for a vet
1: yeah um there are. I mean there are some obvious names out there kind of like we know Brandon Cooks wants to trade but like if if it only takes a third round pick I mean maybe even because crazier things have happened Deandre Hopkins went for a second round pick somehow now A.J. Brown went for a, a huge haul just last year, but Brandon Cooks is coming off a down year and he's approaching 30 years old. Um, I think he's still Brandon Cooks. I think he's just checked out last year. But again, with his age, like I can't see him commanding a second-round pick. I feel like it'd be a third-round pick, maybe even a fourth. If all it takes is a fourth-round pick, you could not spend a fourth-round pick better this year than on Brandon Cooks, even with the the, the cap hit that you'd have to incur. Um but I don't know. So, like, other other veteran options, like, like right off the bat, like, uh, T. T. Higgins was rumored. That, that's just unrealistic. That's not going to happen. They're not going to be, because you have to trade for him and spend on him. That would They're be not crazy. Gonna, that'd be insanity. Now, he'd be a great player for them in every way imaginable. But, that, you know, especially with fitting around the skill sets you have, like, it would be ideal even, but that's not going to
0: happen. He's the perfect in-between, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, because you can slot him. He can be yeah. Enough. It's not happening. It's not happening. Uh, Another one that is potentially possible is like Chris Godwin, but that's he's probably going to command second round pick or higher. I mean, he also would be perfect in a lot of ways, like a power slot. It'd be great with Gino. It'd be great for what Waldron wants to do, independent of who his quarterback is. But like, it would be perfect. But it's probably too much now. If the Bengals want to shell out the cash for T Higgins and pay him they can get out of uh uh Boyd's contract their third receiver who's another slot receiver um they save 9 million out of his 10 million dollar cap hit so he's probably going to be cut but if you don't want to try to outbid anyone for him on the open market i can't see him costing more than a third so that that's that'd be an interesting you know avenue to explore like hey just throwing out a third round pick who wants to take it uh cook's boy that that'd be interesting now beyond that I mean Keenan Allen's probably going to be cap cut so I feel like free agency if they're going to acquire someone a third established vet receiver they're probably looking at what five six million dollar cap hit at the very most and that's where guys like a cap cut Keenan Allen comes in because he can't stay healthy and he's getting older. So he's probably not going to get paid what he's worth, unfortunately, for him. And then obviously Robert Woods was just cut. Now Robert Woods, he had a really bad year statistically. Coming off an ACL, though, he's another year older. Um, sometimes guys need another offseason removed from their in- ACL injury to kind of get the you know whatever they have left of their explosiveness back ability to you know explode out of cuts and all that um if if i mean you'd be there i i can't see woods garnering what more than five million given like recent history there if i feel like that would be a uh low risk higher potentially high reward type of a uh, uh decision there because at worst he's just slightly better than goodwin and then at best i mean he's a high value third target that you can throw the ball to 80 times and then not to mention ideal scheme fit and he knows that the offensive coordinator
0: yeah and should say um, Marquis Goodwin he, he was all he you know he offered a bit to the offense last year kind of a glimpse of what a wide receiver three could do which got banged up midway to late in the season he was added for just over one million dollars last year at 32 years old he turns 33. it would be interesting to him back in Seattle where that's probably I imagine they're going to look like elsewhere at different options. So like it is a significant bump up to then consider like a Robert Woods, especially when he's, you know, uh, you know, at his best, he's a much more multidimensional receiver. He can offer you uh, much more of a, uh, you know, options like uh, over the middle in the intermediate passing game as well, I'd say along with deep, but, you know, it is a big question mark if he can get his agility back and, Rohan points out, you know, would they even have the cap room to trade for veteran wide receiver if you re Gino? I mean, if they wanted to, they could make it happen. But it is like, you know, at what point, you know, are they just going too much to make that happen? I, I think yeah. probably, it probably too much. Yeah.
1: It has but... to be way too convenient for whatever uh, ends up happening. So, um, yeah.
0: And, and, and honestly, in the draft, like, I think they should be able to come away with at least one kind of in-between option, even with what I said about some of these guys getting inflated to, like, weird levels. Right. Right. But, like, uh, what you've put Keenan Allen down as a free agent?
1: He's going to be cut, yeah. So, uh, like, another, you know, tall-ish slot receiver who just works over the middle, has really good ball skills. Now, the funny thing, because the guys that I mentioned – like Keenan Allen, even Godwin to an extent, um, Robert Woods, uh, Brandon cooks, all these guys have skill set mirrors in the draft, like really like square mirrors. Like you don't have to like BS that statement. Like they have a legit, like there is a Keenan Allen in this draft. There's a Tyler Boyd in this draft. His name is Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, more or less, but like close enough. He's there. Brandon cooks is in this draft. Elijah Moore is in this draft. He was a guy that was floated last year, right? Zay Flowers, you know? Um, and maybe Downs to an extent. Um, or at least Downs is maybe more like, a, I don't know. But he's, I mean, Robert Woods, Brandon Cook, Zay Flower. I mean, you're, you're kind of talking the same kind of usage in the scheme. So um, even if their skill sets aren't one-to-one, but, you know, uh, you, you want to go crazy, like... Jordan Addison's right there. He's kind of a perfect combination of a lot of these types. So,
0: yeah, the there's and the I don't know. It's interesting how a lot of these guys. I mean, I guess size is rare at the NFL. Uh, sorry, at the wide receiver position, but like, there's a lot of under six foot types who you know there's and with questions of are they more of an inside outside guy or more of an outside inside guy, which is kind of what Seattle needs right now. They need that in between of, of Lockett and Metcalf, Right. whether you go for like a pure slot type and allow Lockett to stay outside more, probably not, but you, you might lean more to being more of an inside kind of guy than a, a guy who goes outside. And if you're thinking about the playing time aspect and how Lockett had showed a reluctance uh, to, you know, get yards after the catch, which is like, you know, good for him. But Playing-wise, that guy, if they're coming in in the three wide receiver sets, most of the time they'll be getting those over-the-middle kind of routes from the slot. So it is encouraging. Like, like I need to watch, for instance, Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, who is is not in, like, 5'11", 185-pound build. And I, I remember he stood out to me watching uh, Desmond Ritter um, last year, so... Mm-hmm. definitely going to be options there. But where there isn't options, Griff, is probably the... Well, no, no, probably. Where there isn't options is outside linebacker in the draft, where, like, suddenly, you know, you're like, OK, Uchenna Nwosu panned out great. Dow Taylor ended the season strong, but we kind of need, you know, given that Bruce Irvin at 35 years old, off the street was basically you're starting outside linebacker opposite Uchenna Nwosu, Depth-wise, you've got Boye Maffey, who we hope will take a jump, but we want that positive about his film coming out. Although the you know the athletic traits is obvious, uh, and the testing is. But like uh, after that, you know Tyreek Smith, big question mark. You, you know he had a redshirt year. Not really sure what he'll offer. You know he was a day three pick. Alton Robinson is uh, an even bigger question mark. It sounds like he might not. You know, he's had some complications coming off a knee injury. Uh, we'll see how that pans out, but doesn't sound great. So they obviously needed more pass rush, and edge-wise in this draft, if it's Will Anderson Jr. is the, is the top one, but uh, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about him in more detail. But then, like, after him, I don't know, especially thinking, like, Seattle's running 3-4, right? And as they have for the last four years, your favourite line and that would be in the old system like a sam and a leo sort of joined together so we're talking here a 250 pound 260 pound kind of guy hopefully would have arms over 34 inches long has a quick get it off and wins with speed rush predominantly and would not look out of place dropping into coverage so they have to have some kind of hip fluidity and agility as well when they when they drop back in, at times so you think basically Bruce Irvin at his prime is a pretty good indicator, especially as you go on, um you know, through the draft, talking about Bruce's NFL usage there, because obviously at West Virginia, he was a bit of Russia, but yeah. West Virginia, he was winning with speed and he, oh. he was just faster than everyone. He didn't really have a move. He just ran past people and yeah. that, would, that would be ideal. However, in this draft, there's Will Anderson Jr. who, yeah, we'll talk about him, but as I repeat myself, but after him, There isn't the obvious, like, I don't really know how the class doesn't seem very good.